Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with The Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at The Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. Let's go to John, chapter number six. This will not be... uh, a deep message. You 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 won't need any scuba gear. You know we'll we'll stay on the surface. It's just something very simple, but it's been in my heart over the last few weeks. I still believe Jesus is coming soon. I I believe that. I believe Jesus is coming soon, and the devil knows his time is short, and he's doing everything that he possibly can to discourage and to divide and to keep folks from coming to know the Lord before that trumpet sounds. And I'm just the opposite of that old slew foot. You know, I don't like confrontation. I'm not a confrontational person anymore. There was a time in my life there was nothing I enjoyed better than a good fist fight. And I was good at it. But I'm not that way now. I don't like that man that I was. But he's still down in there. And when the devil wants to rear his ugly head, I just take it out on him now. Amen. Did you hear what he was singing there a minute ago? We got power. The Bible said we got power to tread on the devil's head. You don't got to take his junk. (laughs) I said you don't got to take his junk. Amen. Amen. And so the more he does to fight against seeing folks come to the Lord, be ready to meet him, the more I'm trying to do to help folks get ready, amen, to meet Jesus. And so a very simple message I want to share with you today from John chapter 6. Jesus has just finished, for time's sake, I'm just going to tell you a little of the story, then we're going to pick up in verse number 63. Jesus just gets through telling the folks that are around him that day a very hard thing to hear. It's, it's, it's hard to comprehend and understand, but, but Dustin, he told those that were listening there that day, he said that you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, that's a hard, what, do what? <laughs> I say, what? You know, very, very hard thing to digest and understand. And, of course, he's thinking, talking about things that are coming, and he's talking about in the spirit realm when he says those things. Then in verse 63, he tries to give a little bit of an explanation. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He's trying to to get through to this, this group of people that he's talking to that the words I'm sharing with you, they are spirit And they are life. 
But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. Now listen to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Just going to let those words resonate through this congregation today. Will thou also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I want to draw your attention back to Peter's response to Jesus' question when he said, You going to leave me too? Let me say it in, in, in our words, the way we would talk. Peter said, where else is there to go? I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on this subject. What are my options? What are my options? Somebody came here needing to hear this today. And I'm going to ask you to... Help me pray that God would minister to someone's life this afternoon. Heavenly Father, we love you. We are grateful. Let me say again how grateful I am to be in your house today. God, I'm thankful for your presence that we have enjoyed to this point in this service. God, we've sang and we've worshiped and we've prayed just like your word instructs us to do. Now we're ready to hear the life-changing, the life-altering, the life-giving Word of God in our lives today. You said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Anoint me in spite of my insufficiencies and in spite of my failures and in spite of my shortcomings. I pray you'd anoint me today. God, that your anointing would prick someone's heart. In the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Can we give God another hand clap of praise before you sit down? You're not clapping for me. You're clapping for Him. You're worshiping Him. You're praising Him. Amen. Ain't He good? Someone say, praise the Lord. Jesus' words here, and I'm not going to be very long. I'm not a long-winded preacher. Uh, his words here, as he tells them, and shares with them about how they are to partake of his body and his blood, are very difficult words to comprehend and to receive. It's just... You know, if somebody said that to me, I, I would probably do like I did there a moment ago. I'd be like, do what? You know, and say what? You know, eat your body and drink your blood. What in the world are you talking about? And see, today we, we have 
Bibles and commentaries and we have teachers and preachers and, and resources to, that we can go to if we see something in the Word of God. We say, you know, what's that mean? You can Google. Of course, I don't know how many of the Google experts know what they're talking about, but you, you can at least get some sort of idea what is being said there. Uh, but these men, these gentlemen, those gathered there that day, just hearing it fresh from some individual's you know, mouth, you'd be like, what in the world are you talking about? Eat your flesh and drink your blood. What in the world are you saying? And so he tries to, for just a moment, in verse 63, explain to them that what he's talking about, it's not about literal. You know, it's not literally eating my body and drinking my blood. He said, but I, I'm trying to talk to you about spiritual matters. And yet they could not comprehend what he was saying. And so he goes on to explain further. It is the spirit that quickeneth. He said, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I want to I talk to you a little bit about that. He said, they are spirit. Y'all, I surely ain't lost you by now. We're just getting cranked up here. They, they are spirit and they are life. I, I, I'm just going to get right to my message. Jesus said four chapters later, I've come that you might have life. I want to talk to y'all a little bit about that today. I've come. They, they are, the words I'm sharing with you, they are spirit and they are life. And I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly as Jesus finishes his words to those that believed on him and then the majority who did not believe what he was saying. Verse 66 says, from that time, from that time, many of those that were following him, those disciples, they were believers. The Bible said that they walked with him from that time, no more. They walked with him no more. Imagine that. That's John chapter 6, verse number 66. 666. From that time forward, they walked with him no more. Jesus looks at the 12 then as that majority walks away and follows him no more. He then looks at the 12, Brother Ben, and he says to Peter, James and John and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthias and, and, and uh, Simon and Philip and, and, and uh, uh, Jude and Judas, and he looks at those that had been with him from the beginning, and he says these words to them, will you go also? Are you going to leave me too? Are you going to walk away as well? To which Peter replied, five of the most powerful words in the word of God when he said these five words, to whom shall we go? What are my options? What else is there? To whom shall we go? 
when they came early in the morning and Luke, I'm about halfway done already. Somebody will say, praise the Lord. All right, I think I will, Brother Ben, thank you. Luke 24, they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. The Bible said that they asked a question, who shall roll us away the stone? And they, they were confounded and, and, and wondered what would happen, but they found that the sepulcher was empty. That tomb was empty, and there were two men in white apparel, and they asked these words. Don't you miss these words that they asked? They asked these words, why seek ye the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life, come on somebody, among the dead? Y'all get it here in just a minute. Let me share this with you. And I know from experience that any kind of existence outside of having life in Jesus Christ is no life at all. Well, I got about four of you with me on that. I said any type of existence in this world outside of living a life that is centered around Jesus Christ is not a life that's worth living at all. Can I get a witness? It's a life of confusion. It's a life of wondering. It's a life of fear. It's a life of depression. Let me say this real good and clear. It's a life of substitution. Amen. I'm preaching good already. Amen, preacher. Amen. Any kind of life outside of living a life centered around Jesus Christ is a life of emptiness and worry and loneliness and inferiority and distraction and regret and shame. It's a life of, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to turn. I don't know who my real friends are. Where are my family members in this time? But if you'll center your life around the one that died for you. Oh, come on, somebody. To whom shall we go? What are my options? I'm going to give you some options. You ready? Alcohol. Amen. There's an option. Alcohol. Drugs. The love of money. Here's an option. Well, I think everybody at some point can relate to this, and if you can't yet, you ain't old enough. It'll happen. Fake friends. Here's you some options. I'm trying to give y'all some options about living a life that's not centered around Jesus Christ. Diminishing glory and fading youth. Listen to me today. One of the most popular bands in the history of secular music is a band called the Rolling Stones. You ever heard of them? Yeah, I know y'all. Some of y'all listen to them. Used to. 
Amen. Oh, well, maybe I need to preach on the music you listen to. <laughs> we used to listen to the Rolling Stones, and one of their most popular, most recognizable songs is a song entitled, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Now hear me, ain't nobody drink like them dudes drink. Nobody smoke weed like them dudes could smoke weed. Well, you're judging. No, I ain't judging. All you got to do is get to, look, watch. <laughs> you know, I ain't trying to judge nothing. Just watch them. They, they ain't trying to hide it. They can drink, smoke, party, run women. They're famous. They're popular. They're very, very wealthy. But in their own Music and in the lyrics of their own songs, I'm rich, I got women, I've got alcohol, I've got drugs, I'm famous, but I still can't get. Y'all ain't even gonna help me today. Though I try, though I try, though I try, though I try. But let me tell you where you can find it. Right here in the house of God. There's a God that loves you and died for you. And thank God one day I found him. Mm. One of the verses in that song says, when I'm riding around the world and I'm doing this and singing that and I'm trying to make some girl I tell you, baby, better get back the very next week because I'm on a losing streak. I can't get no satisfaction. Though I try, though I try, though I try, and though I try. Am, 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 I, am, I, am I preaching good yet? I just can't get no satisfaction. From 1990 to 2016, the band U2 was second only in ticket sales to guess who? The Rolling Stones. From 1990 to 2016, the only band that sold more concert tickets than U2 was the Rolling Stones. They grossed $1.67 billion in ticket sales from 1990 to 2016. And one of, if not their most recognizable hits, goes something like this. I've climbed the highest mountain. I have run through the fields. I have run. I have crawled. I've scaled these city walls. I have spoke with tongues of angels and I have held the hand of the devil and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. They admit to you in their music that wealth don't do it. Alcohol and drugs don't do it. 
fame and popularity and, and, and being recognized and, and being praised and, and selling $1.67 billion worth of people wanting to come watch you. And they lift their hands and they jump and they light lighters at your concerts all in praise to what you're doing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Hear me today as I hurry to a hush. Each and every one of us is born with an empty spot about right here. Sister Thelma, it just feels like it's, it's right in there somewhere. There's a, there's a, there's a void. There's a, there's a blank. There's a, there's a wanting. It's, actually, Joe, it just feels like it's you know, about, about that big right there. And the only way you can fill that void, that blank, man, I feel the Lord. The only way that you can fill that empty place in your life is to fill it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Money won't do it. Alcohol won't do it. Popularity won't do it. Your name in lights won't do it. Paul described it as Christ in us, the hope of glory. You can numb it with alcohol. Just talk real to you here, man. You can numb it. You can, you can numb that feeling of emptiness. Some of y'all feeling that emptiness right now. You're relating to what I'm preaching right now because it's there. You feel that empty spot. Let me talk to you that's got that empty spot. You can numb it with alcohol. You can suppress it with drugs. You can conceal it or cover it up with getting lots of money. You can disguise it with a smile. You can repress that empty place with popularity. I know a lot of people that, that have filled that empty place or at least concealed it or, or at least numbed it with, with, with athletics. You know, hey, I, man, that's, that's, that's my... Uh, sanctuary is the ball court or my, my sanctuary is when I'm on the softball field or my, my sanctuary is when I'm on the golf course or my sanctuary hey but it don't last it's, it, it's, it's a numbing it's a concealing it, it, it's just a covering but if you want to feel it if you're tired of having that there you numb it and you, you cover it up and, and, and you just kind of ignore it for a little while through this and that and the other. But eventually, when, when the alcohol wears off and when the pills wear off and when the drugs wear off and when the, you're getting too old to play ball anymore, that empty place is always there. But there's one way that you can permanently feel that empty place that we are all born with. And that's find your way to an old-fashioned altar of repentance and say, God, I'm ready. I don't want to numb it anymore. I don't want to cover it up anymore. I don't want to just deal with it anymore. Come on. Feel 
feel it, Lord. There's only one way to feel it. That's with Jesus. Will you also go away? What are my options? Brothers and sisters, we've got two options. Can I be a little old-fashioned here just a minute? We've got two options. It's life or death. Those are your options. Jesus said the words that I'm speaking to you right now are spirit and they are life. He said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal. I, I, I'm not going to get in a hurry here. I want to look some people in the eye. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Oh, come on, live it up. I wish I had a bottle of liquor I could show you today. Come on, let's come on, this is living. You 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 ain't living. You 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 that liquor's trying to kill you. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, smoke this dope with us. Come on, come on, eat this pill with us. Oh, you ain't living, you're missing out. It's trying to kill you. Thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. Oh, he was singing about it a minute ago. Power, Lord. Holy Ghost power, power, Lord. Paul come upon those disciples and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Jesus said, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Would you stand with me today? I'm going to share a verse with you that to be 100% transparent with you this afternoon, I've never shared it like I'm about to share it right now. Jake, I've never seen this verse. I've quoted it, I've preached it, but I've never seen it like I'm about to share it with you. It's almost kind of mean to share it with you the way I'm going to share it with you. Because it's a call to action. Hear me today. Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse 19. Leaf, I, I, I never noticed it like this, but I'm going to put it on you like this today. The author said, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day. Being, I never, I never noticed, I never, I never really grasped what, what that's saying. The author is saying, look here. 
What I'm about to say to you, I'm calling heaven and I'm calling earth to record your response today. Heaven is going to take notice of your yes or your no. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you both life and death. That's what I've done this afternoon. I've set life and death before each and every one of you this afternoon. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life. Life and death. He said, I've set heaven to record against you how you're going to respond. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? I've presented life and death to this congregation of wonderful people this afternoon and my only question left for you today is how are you going to respond life or death while your heads are bowed and your eyes are still closed he even gave them the answer in that verse he said Choose life. Choose life. God's dealing with somebody right now. I see tears flowing. God, work on that heart today. Choose life. You don't understand, preacher. The only way I've ever known how to cope with all this stuff is the alcohol. And the only way I, I knew how to cope was to, to turn to drugs. And the only way I knew how to cope was to get in those situations and circumstances. Hear me today. God has set before you life and death. And he's given you the answer. Choose Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise.